0: Bill Clinton returns from the grave. To give a keynote, John Kerry arrives fresh off his foreign policy failures, selects your Americans, and AOC checks off every single SJW bingo box inside of one minute. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Today's show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Don't let others track what you do. Keep yourself safe at expressvpn.com slash ben. We have a lot to get to today. We'll get to all of it in just one second. First, a great reminder... You may have noticed that it's getting hot out there. In a lot of places in California, it's so hot we've got rolling blackouts. Well, now would have been a good time for you to get some good window coverings, like some good shades. You got the old blinds, they aren't working particularly well. You need to replace those. You need to upgrade the look and feel of your home and your comfort level. This is why you need Blinds.com. Blinds.com makes it simple to shop top quality blinds, shades, and interior shutters from home with easy online ordering and free shipping. The experts at Blinds.com understand that window treatments are one of the household items you just don't think very much about, but they can make a huge impact on the look and feel of your home. You don't need a full renovation. By simply changing what's on your windows, you can create a totally different feel the way light comes into the room. Go to blinds.com, take a look at all their awesome options. They have the faux wood blinds, the cellular, the roller shades, even outdoor shades. If you're nervous about trying them, there's no reason to be because they've helped millions of homeowners through the process and they guarantee the perfect fit, whether you do it yourself or whether you have them measure and install everything directly for you. Go right now, see how much you can save at blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Go check them out right now at blinds.com. Again, Great way to upgrade the look and feel of your home and save on electricity bills in many cases. Go check them out at blinds.com. That's blinds.com. All righty. So, night two, Democratic National Convention. Excitement on the order of the reaction to the finale of Lost. I mean, just endless levels of excitement. How exciting has this convention been? Well, night one was down 28% year on year. It turns out that running a bunch of bad YouTube videos in a row really doesn't do it for people. And while Michelle Obama was indeed a draw, night two did not feature Michelle Obama, Night two featured a bunch of Democratic retreads talking about their crappy foreign policy perspectives and making selfless, uh, uh, completely non self-aware comments about politics. I mean, that, that really was the theme was non ironic, unaware comments about politics last night from a variety of Democratic figures just saying things that can be characterized as gaslighting, gaslighting, for those who don't know, is a phenomenon wherein you drive somebody crazy by pretending something isn't happening, happening that definitely is happening. It comes from a movie called Gaslight, starring Ingrid Bergman, going all the way back in which it's, I believe it's Charles Boyer, Charles Boyer plays Ingrid Bergman's husband, and he wants to drive her nuts. And so every night he turns down the gaslights in the house. And then she says, have you turned down the gaslights? She says, no, everything is fine. Nothing has changed. Right. That's that's gaslighting. That's where the the phrase comes from. Last night was example par excellence of gaslighting. And you got to feel in American politics like one of the things that's happening is the insane amount of gaslighting on all sides really is pretty crazy. I mean, the best example of gaslighting that I've seen continues to be the media's willingness to prop up Andrew Cuomo, the worst governor in America. That stupid ass is now being given a book contract to write about COVID. His st- it's like the captain of the Titanic being contracted to write about proper navigation of the oceans. Okay, the, the, the thing is called American Crisis. It's called American Crisis, and they released the book cover. And it's just a picture of Andrew Cuomo on the book cover, looking all stern and leader okay, Again, it's called American Crisis. It really should be called If I Did It, like the O.J. Simpson book, If I Did It. So we're being gaslit on a variety of issues. And the gaslighting was on full display at the DNC. It's been on full display at the DNC. The DNC continues to be a radical organization, but then the leadership of the DNC will pretend that it's not a radical organization. So, for example, Linda Sarsour, right? Linda Sarsour is a radical anti-Semite, a a person who has spoken in defense of terrorists before. She's exorbitantly anti-Semitic, I mean, really dislikes Jews. And she is a Muslim delegate to the DNC. She didn't have like an official appearance. It's not like they slated her for a speaking role, but she appeared at one of the daytime sessions, apparently from some sort of hotel room for the DNC caucus and council meeting as a Muslim delegate, an Allies Assembly, and suggested that the DNC was basically run by people like her. And she actually said that the DNC stands with us, stands with us, which is kind of true. I mean, it's been true for quite a while, by the way. I was there at the 2012 Democratic Convention at which the Democrats from the floor overruled what was obviously a majority of the delegates in trying to remove Jerusalem as Israel's capital from the DNC platform. Sarsour, her appearance... In this little caucus video, it actually caused the Biden campaign to come out and condemn Linda Sarsour because they, they understand where their bread is buttered in terms of American politics. Linda Sarsour is, is not a particularly popular figure on any side of the aisle except the radical left. A Biden spokesman named Andrew Bates said, Joe Biden has been a strong supporter of Israel and a vehement opponent of anti-Semitism his entire life. He obviously condemns her views and opposes BDS, as does the Democratic platform. She has no role in the Biden campaign whatsoever. Okay, so there's a bit of gaslighting. She's still a delegate, right? She's still saying that the party is her party. And she's still hobnobbing with people like AOC, right? She's never been disavowed by members of the squad, of course, and she won't be disavowed by any members of the squad. Other examples of gaslighting yesterday at the DNC in sort of the lead up to the primetime. Again, I've paid more attention than I think most people to the stuff before the primetime, because again, the primetime is the dating profile and the stuff that happens during the day is the actual on the ground grassroots Democratic Party at work. Elizabeth Warren spoke to the DNC's Native American caucus which is like, I can't think of anything more tone deaf than that. Elizabeth Warren, fake Native American, who claimed Native American ancestry to get ahead in her career, was speaking on behalf of the DNC to Native Americans. It was real, real weird. So that's a bit of gaslighting as well. Okay, so finally we get to primetime and we get the cavalcade of comedy stars from the DNC. We get a bunch of Democrats coming out and saying stuff that it's almost impossible to believe that they don't understand the irony of what they are saying. They're just brought out figure after figure to say things that are in direct contravention of things these people have done. To take a perfect example, Governor Stacey Abrams of Georgia. I speak ironically, of course, because she is not actually governor of Georgia, but believes she is, despite the fact she lost by 50,000 votes in Georgia, and she's been wandering the streets ever since, claiming to be the governor of Georgia. Now, I'm just shocked she didn't declare herself the vice presidential nominee in this particular little speech. So she spoke at at the DNC in this little online convention they're having. And she said, we're going to work to stop voter suppression. She talked about the undermining of elections. Now, this has been her shtick for quite a while, is that our elections are being undermined. She's literally been going around for years at this point, claiming that she won an election, she lost by 50,000 votes. And here she is talking about electoral integrity, Stacey Abrams. Again, the fact that this woman was even considered for VP demonstrates what a joke the Democratic Party is at the highest levels. Here's Stacey Abrams. Joe Biden is a man of proven courage. He will restore our moral compass by confronting our challenges, not by hiding from them or undermining our elections to keep his job. In a time of voter suppression at home and authoritarians abroad, Joe Biden will be a champion for free and fair elections. Trump is undermining elections, unlike Stacey Abrams, who goes around claiming without any basis whatsoever that the vote was suppressed in Georgia. So that was a bit of irony that we are just not really allowed to note, according to the media. And then we got Sally Yates. Sally Yates is the former acting attorney general. You'll recall that Sally Yates was fired by the Trump administration because Trump believed, as it turns out sort of correctly, that Sally Yates was oriented against the Trump administration. Sally Yates, it is also worth noting, has testified publicly at this point that she was shocked to learn in the early days of the of the incoming Trump administration, the outgoing Obama administration, that Barack Obama and Joe Biden were full in in knowledge with regard to Michael Flynn and the pursuit of Michael Flynn, right? Sally Yates has said that she was shocked that James Comey was not fully informing the Trump team about the fact that they were investigating Michael Flynn and that she was shocked to learn that Joe Biden and Barack Obama were fully informed and in the loop on an investigation into Michael Flynn. That's essentially what she has suggested in front of Congress. Yet here was Sally Yates suggesting that Donald Trump is attacking our institutions when she's literally testified that she was part of an administration that was attacking basic institutions like you don't sick your intelligence sources, on your incoming administration that you dislike. Here is Sally Yates, though, talking about undermining American institutions.
1: His constant attacks on the FBI, the free press, inspectors general, federal judges, they all have one purpose, to remove any check on his abuse of power. Put simply, he treats our country like it's his family business this time bankrupting our nation's moral authority.
0: By the way, she's been a longtime Democratic donor. So she started this thing off by saying, I'm not really a political figure. I'm more a legal figure. She's been giving Democrats for it for a very long time. Sally Yates testifying about institutional abuses while she was in the Obama administration, which was institutionally abusing Michael Flynn, institutionally abusing Carter Page. Kind of ironic. We'll get to more ironies from the Democratic National Convention in just one second. First. Let us talk about the fact that right now a lot of people are looking at the news and thinking, can I even get life insurance right now? Is that even a possibility? The answer, of course, is yes. It is still easy to shop for life insurance right now. If you have loved ones, depending on your income, you probably should. Right now, you could save $1,500 or more per year by using Policy Genius to compare life insurance policies. Whether you're shopping for a policy that could last for a decade or more or not, you should be checking out Policy Genius to competitively shop. What is Policy Genius? It's an insurance marketplace, and they make it really easy. Step one, you head on over to policygenius.com. In minutes, you can work out how much coverage you need. You can compare quotes from top insurers and find your best price. Step two, you can apply for your lowest price. Step three, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and the red tape. Policy Genius works for you, not the insurance company. So if you run into any speed bumps, they will handle it for you and iron the whole thing out. They even have policies that allow eligible customers to skip in-person medical exams and do it over the phone, which is why Policy Genius has a five-star rating across 1,600 reviews on Trustpilot and Google. So if you need life insurance because you're a responsible human being, want to make sure that your family is taken care of in case, God forbid, you should plot, head on over to policygenius.com right now to get started. You could save 1,500 bucks or more a year by comparing quotes on their marketplace. Policy Genius, when it comes to insurance, it is nice to get it right. Okay, so meanwhile... Speaking of gaslighting, again, the DNC is claiming that Joe Biden is a deeply moderate candidate, that their party is deeply moderate. So moderate, in fact, that they are willing to disavow Linda Sarsour and all of this. And then they trot out AOC. And AOC, I will say this for AOC, the woman can compress more SJW slogans into a short period of time than any person alive. It is, it is truly an incredible skill. If you had a bingo card drinking game, you were dead of alcohol poisoning inside of a minute. She had sixty minutes, 60 seconds to express herself. And she hits every single square on the SJW Democratic Socialist of America Marxist bingo card. I mean, just one after another. It's pretty astonishing. She's like the auctioneer of SJW nonsense. So here is AOC. She she did the pro forma nomination of Bernie Sanders. Some people got this wrong, suggesting that she was trying to undermine Biden. That's not the way this works. In honor of the person who finished second, there's always somebody who nominates that person to the presidency. Here was AOC just spitting out, spitting some hot lyrics about racial injustice, colonization, misogyny, blah, 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 blah,
1: Infidelity and gratitude to a mass people's movement working to establish 21st century social, economic, and human rights, including guaranteed health care, higher education, living wages, and labor rights for all people in the United States. A movement striving to recognize and repair the wounds of racial injustice, colonization, misogyny, Drink.
0: and homophobia. Drink. Okay, so then she she went on with that. But you're already dead of alcohol poisoning. It's too late. This is why you really need to have like a Smirnoff to drinking games with AOC when it comes to SJW kind of crap. Did you get all of that? Racial injustice, colonization, misogyny, homophobia. We're going to heal all those wounds through Bernie and Okay, so... Don't worry, not a radical party. AOC is just the leader of a newfangled squad that is gaining members by the election. They've gained two new members to the squad. They have uh, a a woman who is a social justice activist, a a Michael Brown protester turned congressperson over in Missouri. And then they have a person who got rid of Elliot Engel over in New York, basically because Elliot Engel was pro-Israel. So very exciting stuff. The squad continues to grow inside the Democratic Party, but don't worry, it is a moderate party. And then the gaslighting continued. Chuck Schumer, the Senate Minority Leader, arrived to explain that President Trump has divided the country. Now, let it be known that Chuck Schumer is currently in the Senate holding up any deal that will allow anybody to get increased aid from the government in a time of government shutdowns, specifically because he and Nancy Pelosi have combined to push a $3.4 trillion pork package that pays off all of the various Democratic priorities from the post office to various union interests. They're holding it up purely and specifically because they want that deal not to happen because then Trump might get credit and the economy might be upheld. Instead, they're openly rooting for failure. Don't worry, Chuck Schumer isn't the one who's divisive. Chuck Schumer and his Democrats aren't the ones who are divisive. Only Donald Trump is divisive. Now, as I've said before, whatever you think about Trump and his divisiveness, and there's no question, he is a divisive figure. The fact is that Trump, when it comes to American politics, is not the murderer, he is the coroner. Chuck Schumer has been in Washington, D.C. since the times of Abraham Lincoln. Chuck Schumer has contributed more to polarization in Washington over the course of his career than Donald Trump has over the course of the last four years for certain. Here is Chuck Schumer talking about divisions in the country which can be healed by Chuck Schumer in some way. Here is Chuck Schumer, uh, a, a pretty gross politician, if ever we've seen one. Here is Chuck Schumer. The Statue of Liberty, the same site that greeted hopeful immigrants like my grandparents, a symbol of freedom and a beacon of hope to the world. Today, Donald Trump has divided our country diminished our greatness, and demeaned everything that this statue represents. He even hid in a bunker as Americans were tear-gassed and beaten. Okay, come come on. I mean, they're, they're focusing purely in on, on the, the Lafayette Square incident. This has become the big talking point is the Lafayette Square incident, which, by the way, is under dispute as to whether protesters were actually attacking members of the Park Service and all of that. the studious avoidance of things that are actually going on in the country on a wide scale is pretty incredible. Portland doesn't exist. Poof. Seattle doesn't exist. Poof. LA doesn't exist. Chicago doesn't exist. New York doesn't exist. Washington, D.C. doesn't exist. None of this exists, according to the Democrats. So who are you going to believe? Chuck Schumer standing in front of the Statue of Liberty in the dark in a shutdown city or your own eyes? Which one are you going to believe? Don't worry. Trump is the really divisive force here. All you have to do is elect the Democrats and the riots will stop which, by the way, is the tacit promise here, right? We we all know what the tacit promise here. The tacit promise here is that if the Democrats get what they want and Donald Trump leaves office, then the riots in the big cities will stop, then the lockdowns will gradually end. There was a New York Times article, by the way, just a couple of days ago, talking about the shutdowns of public education. There are new studies out suggesting that kids under the age of 10 really are not transmitting this to parents, like in any mass numbers, and that even kids above the age of 10 are not transmitting this in the same kinds of numbers as fully grown adults. Hey, there's not a good reason why schools should be shut down at this point. Schools are open across Europe. Schools are open across Asia. Schools are open in Canada. Schools are, take some precautions, open the schools. Even New York is looking at opening the schools. But the New York Times acknowledged that much of the reason that a lot of schools are closed is because Democrats have decided that if Trump wants the schools open, the schools must be closed. And at some point, Trump has got to start engaging in some reverse psychology with these people and simply advocate for complete and endless shutdowns so the Democrats will start advocating for opening up the economy again. But it, it is fairly incredible that Chuck Schumer and, and the Democrats continue to claim that all of the bad things that are happening are Donald Trump's fault. All you have to do is elect us and then we will leave you alone. It's really a reflection of 1960s politics. I was listening to another podcast yesterday, the Commentary Magazine podcast, which is quite good and, uh, and always interesting. And they were, they were musing over the fact that the Democratic National Convention, if you look at the way that they label various people at the DNC, they're constantly labeling people activists. Right? they no longer label them by their sort of political title. They now label them activists. Right? The, Cori Bush, who's the, the woman who just won in, in Missouri, uh, in this fraught district, uh, she is an activist. Right, AOC likes to think of herself as an activist. You have a lot of government officials in the Democratic Party who consider themselves activists. Well, activists define themselves by opposition to the system. And so what's really happening here is that the Democrats are playing an inside-outside game. The inside-outside game is they pretend that they are activists who are shaping the system from the outside while simultaneously taking over the institutions so that they can make concessions to the activist side. And this has been happening on college campuses for years. Where you have administrators who used to be activists caving to the newfangled activists who then become the administrators who then cave to the newfangled activists. This is how you constantly push to the left. This is what happened in major cities in the 1960s. There's a, there's a great book by a man named Fred Siegel, one of the founders of the Manhattan Institute. Called The Future Once Happened Here, talking about the decline of America's major cities in the 1960s. And one of the major forces that led to that was the inside-outside game being played by rioters, looters, and quote-unquote activists outside the government pushing members of the government. And members of the government would openly acknowledge, they would openly say, we're so glad we have these activists outside creating chaos so that we have to cave to the chaos. Well, you shouldn't be blackmailed into voting for Democrats. You should not be blackmailed into voting for Democrats by watching as Democrats foster chaos in America's major cities, as they talk about defunding the police, as they talk about making room for people to riot and loot. And then they suggest, you know what? All of this will go away if you just give us more power. Hey, that, that is an ugly tactic, but it is a tactic that is indeed happening. The same Democrats who are suggesting, guys, you know, these lockdowns, they're really, really, really necessary. But if you elect us, then we'll solve it. And then the, the lockdowns will just go away. The tacit promises we will stop opposing you being able to do your job and do your business so long as you elect us. That's a blackmail threat. It really is, and you shouldn't cave to it. If you're a free-thinking American, you should not cave to anybody telling you that you cannot take advantage of your rights unless you elect them. That's that's a pretty ugly pitch. Okay, we'll get to more of Democratic hypocrisy from the DNC last night, and again, trotting out just some really old retreads, really old retreads. We'll get to that in just one second. First, let us talk about your mouth health. So you may be thinking, you know, what? Do, you know, okay, so I don't brush my teeth as often as the dentist says I'm supposed to. Is that really going to kill me? Yes. The answer is it definitely could. I mean, the fact is that your mouth health is connected to things like your heart health, for example. And this is why you need a toothbrush that is actually going to do a good job of cleaning your teeth. This is why you need Quip. The Quip smart brush for adults and kids connects to the Quip app with Bluetooth. It will track when and how well you brush. You can get tips and coaching to improve your habits. You earn points for daily brushing, which makes it fun for you and for the kids. And bonus points completing challenges like streaks, like you do several days in a row. You can redeem for awards like free products, gift cards, and discounts from Quip and partners. If you already have a Quip, you can upgrade it with a smart motor and keep the features you know and love, those sensitive sonic vibrations, the two-minute timer with 30-second pulses, so you have the guided clean, make sure that you're doing exactly what the dentist thinks you should. It's slim, it's lightweight, it's sleek, it's great for travel. It's not one of those big, bulky ones with a big charger. Join over 5 million mouths who use Quip save hundreds compared to other Bluetooth brushes when you get a Quip smart brush for just 45 bucks. Start getting rewards for brushing your teeth today. Go to getquip.com Shapiro right now. Get your first refill for free. Again, get your first refill free at getquip.com Shapiro. It's spelled G-E-T-Q-U-I-P dot com slash Shapiro. Quip, better oral health made simple and rewarding. Go check them out right now. It's a great toothbrush, a great product. Getquip.com Shapiro for your first refill free. And again, that's the other feature. They send you the refills. Uh, so you never have to think about when you need new stuff. Getquip handles it for you. Go check them out right now. Okay, so it wasn't just... Chuck Schumer and AOC. I mean, so many luminaries. It was luminaries like Jimmy Carter. So Jimmy Carter has shown up again. Now, I'm glad that Jimmy Carter does nice things for the homeless, like building houses for the homeless. That's a nice thing. He was also one of the worst presidents in American history. Truly an awful president. A president who presided over the decline of American power abroad, led to the rise of the Soviet Union in Afghanistan, led to the Iranian takeover of the American embassy, facilitated the rise of the Ayatollahs, which we are still feeling the impact of, Jimmy Carter presided over stagflation. He was an awful president. He was such a bad president that he got absolutely walloped by Ronald Reagan, who was considered the underdog when that race started. And so Jimmy Carter was a disastrous president. He's been a disastrous post-president, by the way, in his politics. This is a guy who's made overtures to Hamas, the terrorist group. This is a man who, in the aftermath of his presidency, spoke with the Soviets openly about how terrible the, the, the Reagan administration was. Right. J- Jimmy Carter has been a disaster on foreign policy for a long time. Now, last night was the foreign policy night of the convention. This very often is the pattern. You have sort of a, an introductory night, then you have the foreign policy night, and then you have the VP night, and then you have the presidential night. That's, that's usually the pattern. So tonight is the VP night, so we get to hear from uh, Kamala Harris and her Joker laugh. <laughs> okay, well, we'll get to hear some of that. Maybe we won't get to hear that tonight, because Kamala Harris isn't being asked tough questions tonight. Anyway, Jimmy Carter was trotted forth to endorse and I'm old enough to remember in 2004 when Jimmy Carter was sitting in the presidential box with Michael Moore, which shows you where Jimmy Carter actually sits on politics. Just because the man is quite elderly does not mean that he was a good president or that he has pursued in any way anything remotely approaching a moral foreign policy he never has. And so having him speak on Foreign Policy tonight is quite the achievement. Here was Jimmy Carter endorsing Joe Biden, who, by the way, for the record, has been wrong on every major foreign policy issue of his lifetime. It is impressive. I mean, it, like they say that a stopped clock is is right twice a day. Joe Biden has yet to be right. He's not actually a stop clock. He's, mo- he's just moving very, very, very slowly. So he has never actually been right. It's, it's incredible. You, you have to be, like, like, even if you just fill in C on all the bubbles of the SAT, you'll end up getting a couple of those questions right. Somehow, Joe Biden has studiously avoided being right his entire career on foreign policy. Anyway, here was Jimmy Carter endorsing him. When I ran for
2: president in 1976, Joe Biden was my first and most effective supporter in the Senate. For decades, he has been my loyal and dedicated friend. Joe has the experience, character, and decency to bring us together and restore America's greatness. In these uncertain times, Joe Biden realizes that many American lives can be saved each day through the use of masks and testing as recommended by our medical experts. Joe Biden must be our next president.
0: Okay, great. Jimmy. I need to hear who needs to be the next president from Jimmy Carter. I mean, that is a sterling recommendation from... A man who is literally one of the five worst presidents in the history of the United States. So that, that is very, very exciting stuff. Okay, then we got Bill Clinton. Okay, so I'm old enough to remember when the Democratic Party was the Me Too Party. Believe all women, believe all women. Justice Brett Kavanaugh was probably a rapist based on no evidence whatsoever other than an account that was disputed by every single other person who was mentioned in the account from Christine, Christine Blasey Ford. I'm old enough to remember when the Democratic Party was declaring that anyone... Everyone who was accused of a thing had to go. In fact, in that brief moment, there was some talk in the Democratic Party about how Bill Clinton was done, right? Bill Clinton had to go, right? There was talk in this newfangled Democratic Party about how if they could go back in time, they really would have rethought that whole Lewinsky, Paula Jones, Juanita Broderick thing. And maybe they would have thought twice about Clinton. Well, now they've thought twice about thinking twice. So Bill Clinton got trotted out to give, again, one of the least self-aware speeches in the history of a a convention. So we're going to get into the Non-ironic speech by Bill Clinton. Like, did he run it by anybody before he said it out loud? We'll get to that in just one second. First, let us talk about the fact that now is not a great time to go to the auto parts store. In fact, never is a great time to go to the auto parts store. Instead, you should be using the magic of the interwebs. Why would you not? The interwebs is great. Rockauto.com. It is much easier than walking into a store and someone demanding quick answers to questions like, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And then they probably don't have the part. And even if they do have the part, it's generic but they probably have to order it online anyway, and then they upcharge you. Instead, just go to rockauto.com and cut out the middleman. They always offer the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, like airlines do. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? I mean, that's that's literally the case. In many cases, you can go to Rock Auto and you're getting like 40, 50% off the ticket price at a big auto parts store. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers, best of all, Prices at rockauto.com, they're always reliably low. They are the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers, so you shouldn't spend more on the same parts. It's just silly. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Shapiro in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you rockauto.com right now. Remember to write Shapiro in that. How did you hear about us box? So they know that we sent you. That helps us and it helps them as well. By the way, you should do this for all of our sponsors so that they know that they should continue to advertise and also so they know that you're listening to the show. We really appreciate it. Go check out rockauto.com right now. Okay, so Bill McClinton. So it's awkward, it's awkward. Now, there were some people who were being asked questions about all of this. So for example, Tammy Duckworth, who is not picked as the vice presidential pick, she was asked about why Bill Clinton was speaking at the DNC. And she was like, well, it's a big tent, a big old rapey tent. So that's, that's good stuff. And then we had Jennifer Granholm, the former governor of Michigan, explaining why Bill Clinton has not been canceled yet And it got awkward because there is no good reason why Bill Clinton has not been canceled yet. Here was uh, here. This happened on CNN. Here was Jennifer Granholm trying to awkwardly explain why Captain Rapey McEpstein was was up there on the DNC stage. How is it that Bill Clinton has not been canceled by the Democratic? How has he survived all of these waves of cancellation when he has been one of the biggest violators of these rules in the Oval Office? Is that the right answer?
1: Okay, this has already been asked and answered decades ago. The point is that Bill Clinton is excellent at explaining stuff, especially the things that matter to everyday people.
2: What I admire about Bill Clinton is that he has acknowledged his wrongdoing.
0: He has acknowledged his wrongdoing? In what way? In what way has he acknowledged his wrongdoing, exactly, Van Jones? I love Jennifer Graham. This happened a long time ago. Well, I don't know. Should we we grab his high high school yearbooks and ask him about boofing? I'm old enough to remember because I'm more than two years old when they asked Brett Kavanaugh what the devil's triangle was in in his high school yearbook description. And he had to bring forth his calendars from high school, which was then seen as a mark of white supremacy and privilege. Yes, I'm old enough to remember all of that. But Bill Clinton, it happened a long time ago, guys. I mean, just because he was kind of like a little rapey, like a lot for like a lot of women, and there are dozens of of allegations against him that are dicey. Eh, Come on, guys. Bill Clinton's still a good guy. I mean, it's a long time ago. I I do love the democratic changing standard. It's pretty astonishing. It really is pretty great. Okay, so then Bill Clinton gives his speech. And Bill Clinton is not looking as good as he did back in 2012. You'll remember that Bill Clinton gave this much ballyhooed speech at the 2012 Democratic National Convention on behalf of Barack Obama. Barack Obama came out and gave him a real awkward bro hug afterward. Okay, so last night, Bill Clinton gave his speech and he talked about why Donald Trump is not qualified to be president. The the pressures of the job. And without any sense of irony or self-awareness at all, He started making references to the Oval Office. So here was Bill McClinton, rapey McPlane a lot. Here he was. At
2: a time like this, the Oval Office should be a command center. Instead, it's a storm center. There's only chaos. Just one thing never changes. His determination to deny responsibility and shift the blame. The buck never stops there.
0: The Oval Office is a storm center. and, And the buck never stops with him. Okay, so... When you're going to talk about using the Oval Office as a storm center, I don't think that Bill Clinton means it the same way that he thinks he means it. I mean, he was literally banging the interns in the Oval Office, guys. Like, like right there in the Oval Office, it got real awkward on that rug under the desk. So that was um, that. Yeah. Bill Clinton talking about the Oval Office at the DNC. Real, real weird. Um, So th- there was that. That was that was the thing that happened last night at the DNC. And then Bill Clinton was like, we we can't trust Donald Trump because that man is not really. I I do also like when he says the buck always stops at the top. I mean, there, there are literal allegations that Bill Clinton was basically launching wars in order to avoid responsibility for nailing the help. Anyway, here's Bill Clinton talking about people being distracted at their jobs. He was like, we, we need people who are focused in like a laser beam on the job of being president of the United States. So here was Bill from Chappaqua. This is the first time he's been back ch- to Chappaqua in years. I mean, he and Hillary Clinton studiously avoid each other. And they, they, they're, they're like Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali, just despise one another, trying to stay away from each other, but locked in eternal combat. Here was, here was Bill Clinton talking about uh, defining the job of the presidency.
2: Denying, distracting, and demeaning works great, if you're trying to entertain or inflame. But in a real crisis, it collapses like a house of cards. COVID just doesn't respond to any of that. To beat it, you've got to actually go to work and deal with the facts.
0: Right, we can't deny and we can't distract. We can't say like, for example, that we didn't bang the help. Uh, we, we, we really we really can't say things like there's a vast right-wing conspiracy to get me and that that is why it doesn't matter that I'm nailing the interns. Um, yeah, Bill Clinton. And then he says that President Trump defines his job as tweeting, right? And you can't define the job as tweeting because that isn't the job. The job is definitely receiving oral sex in the Oval Office. I mean, that's the job, guys. And if, if anyone knows that, it's Bill Clinton. Here's Bill Clinton defining the job of the presidency.
2: Now, you have to decide whether to renew his contract or hire someone else. If you want a president who defines the job as spending hours a day watching TV and zapping people on social media, he's your man.
0: And if you want somebody who spends hours a day checking out the thongs of the 18-year-olds who staff his office, we did that for two terms. So it seems like Americans have a kind of variegated view on the presidency. Okay, so they trotted out Bill Clinton. So that was awkward. Then, I mean, speaking of just people who have not been relevant and are not relevant and are terrible at their jobs, to be to trot, you know, trotting these people out to endorse, John Kerry was brought forth. John Kerry reporting for duty, face collapsing like a mudslide in the Beverly Hills, during a rainstorm, El Nino means that I'm collapsing from within. Worst secretary of state in American history. So he showed up to, to talk about his brilliant foreign policy. We'll get to that in just one minute, because that is obviously very, very solid stuff. We'll get to that in a moment. First, let us talk about the fact that you really need to protect your online data, right? From viruses, from malware, from ransomware. PC Matic. This is the next generation antivirus designed to stop modern threats like ransomware. An independent testing firm, AV-Test, just named PC-Matic as a top performer in the cybersecurity industry, giving it the best performance award for 2019. Only PC-Matic has American research, development, and support. PC-Matic's competition is often foreign-made, sometimes in countries where the malware actually comes from. PC-Matic will block annoying, malicious ads for hassle-free web browsing and makes your computers faster and more reliable even after years of use. PC-Matic protects Windows computers, including XP, Vista, Vista, Windows 7, 8, and 10, Windows servers, Macs, MacBooks, and Android phones and tablets. Matic is just 50 bucks for five devices for one year with a full 30-day money-back guarantee. If you act right now, PCmatic has offered my listeners a free month of security protection with the purchase of an annual license, which is a great deal. You gotta protect your data. If you've ever had your data stolen, it is no fun at all. PCmatic is really sophisticated and they're doing a great job of protecting the information you need protected. To access this offer, go to PCmatic.com slash Ben. Again, to get the world-class security that keeps your computer running great, go to PCmatic.com slash Ben and make the magic happen for yourself right this moment. Okay, we're going to continue with John Kerry reporting for duty in one second. First, I want to tell you about our most exclusive membership tier over at Daily Wire, All Access. All Access members get to join the All Access Live. That's our exclusive live stream discussions hosted each night by each of the hosts, including me. It gets real weird. We tell dad jokes. Best dad joke last night. We have like a running competition in the All Access Live. Best dad joke last night. What is green and fuzzy and will kill you if it falls from a tree? Ready? Ready? a pool table. That's the kind of gold you're going to get when you're an all-access member hanging out with me and wearing t-shirts. Tomorrow night, August 20th, we'll be doing a very special live stream watch party covering the DNC's biggest speakers with the Daily Wire's own Matt Walsh. who is was sacrificing, he's throwing himself on that political grenade just for your viewing pleasure. The stream starts at 8.45 p.m. Eastern, 5.45 p.m. Pacific, so don't miss this big opportunity to watch Matt Low-key mock, the final night of the DNC. All Access membership also features exclusive access to live online discussions with our hosts, writers, special guests, along with not one, but two. Count them, two. Leftist Tears Tumblers with your membership as well as early, sometimes exclusive access to new Daily Wire podcasts. So head on over to dailywire.com slash Shapiro right now to get 20% off all access with coupon code access. That is dailywire.com slash Shapiro with coupon code access. Get 20% off your membership. Also, we have celebrated Daily Wire backstage It's happening this very Friday, 4 p.m. Pacific. I'm so excited, so excited. I'm not being forced to read that I'm excited at all, but we are doing it, and there's a lot to discuss. Check us out on Backstage. I will watch the others smoke their cigars and drink their whiskey, and I will have girly drinks. The collective force of The Daily Wire will attempt to make sense of all the bizarre events happening in our world. Again, that is 4 p.m. Pacific this Friday, so come join us over at dailywire.com. Right now, again, twenty percent off all access when you get an all access pass. Right now, you're listening to the largest, fastest-growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. All righty, so we get to John Kerry. So again, the Democrats trotted out people who just have a bad record to talk about why you should like why you should listen to them, which makes no sense at all. So John Kerry, the worst Secretary of State in modern American history, helped broker the garbage Iran deal, undermined alliances with Israel, horrible policy on Afghanistan. Horrible policy with regard to the Middle East. Horrible policy on China. Absolutely kowtowing to Russia on Syria. I mean, just a garbage heap of a secretary of state. An awful secretary of state. We need to hear from him about why the foreign policy of Joe Biden will be correct. Now, again, Joe Biden has yet to make a correct foreign policy decision his entire career. He literally has none. His big theory is that we should just divide up countries. He said it about Afghanistan. He said it about Iraq. Like, that was his big theory, his going theory. He's so bad at politics that this... After the Trump administration brokered this Israel-UAE deal, which is a real historic breakthrough, Biden tried to take credit by claiming that he had had conversations with the UAE while he was VP. Joe Biden's last conversation with the UAE happened in 2014, and it ended with him having to issue an official apology to the government of the UAE. That's how good Joe Biden is at diplomacy. John Kerry is so good at diplomacy that his unintentional, his, the, the unintentional effects of his butt kissing of the Iranian regime ended with the creation of a pro-Israel alliance in the Middle East now. So thank you, John Kerry. So anyway, John Kerry goes out and he gives a speech, John Kerry, about why American troops don't trust Donald Trump. Now, okay, if we have to ask American soldiers and service people overseas and at home, whether they trust John Kerry over, say, Donald Trump, that is not a close call. John Kerry is a person who testified that American soldiers in Vietnam were war criminals, who supposedly threw his own medals over the White House fence in protest at American soldiers. So, listening to John Kerry lecture us on the troops is really ironic and rich, kind of like Bill Clinton lecturing us on honor in the Oval Office. Here was John Kerry doing this routine.
2: This is the bottom line our interests, our ideals, and our brave men and women in uniform can't afford four more years of Donald Trump. Our troops can't get out of harm's way by hiding in the White House bunker. They need a president who will stand up for them. And President Biden will.
0: Oh, so I'm going to listen to this guy, this schmuck who suggested that American soldiers were routinely taping electrodes to genitals of Vietnamese people in order to garner information during the Vietnam War, cutting off ears. This is literally what he testified in the winter soldier testimony. I need to hear that schmuck talk about what's best for American troops. Yeah, let's listen to John Kerry. And then he says, when Trump goes overseas, it's a blooper reel. Yeah, as opposed to when Barack Obama went overseas and just apologized for America's presence on the world stage repeatedly. That was great. Or when John Kerry went overseas and literally undermined American alliances. Or when Joe Biden went overseas and literally had to apologize to people he was talking to. Here was John Kerry talking up Biden's foreign policy for some reason.
2: Donald Trump inherited a growing economy and a more peaceful world. And like everything else he inherited, he bankrupted it. When this president goes overseas, it isn't a goodwill mission. It's a blooper reel. He breaks up with our allies and writes love letters to dictators. America deserves a president who is looked up to, not laughed at.
0: Oh, is that uh, OK? Well, uh, as opposed to Barack Obama, was looked up who, again, who, who looked up to Barack Obama overseas, except for leftists overseas who want to see America shrink its role in the world. And the fact is that whatever you can say about Donald Trump, China is more fearful of the United States today because Trump is president than if Biden were. And that's been made obvious and clear. There are intelligence reports suggesting China's trying to interfere in our elections on behalf of Joe Biden. Same thing with Iran. And when it comes to Russia, I'm old enough to remember when Barack Obama was pledging flexibility to the Russians and letting them take over Crimea. So good times, good times. Okay, and then they, they went even further. It's like, who else can we bring out here who has a poor foreign policy record? How do we bring out Colin Powell, who's been widely derided by both right and left, For the speech that he made in front of the U.N. making the case for war in Iraq. Now Colin Powell is good again, because the way that people become good again is simply to oppose Trump. Here was Colin Powell.
2: Joe Biden will be a president we will all be proud to salute. With Joe Biden in the White House, you will never doubt that he will stand with our friends and stand up to our adversaries, never the other way around. He will trust our diplomats and our intelligence community, not the flattery of dictators and despots. He will make it his job to know when anyone dares to threaten us, He will stand up to our adversaries with strength and experience. They will know he means business. Okay,
0: no one believes Joe Biden means business on foreign policy. He's been one of the more weak-kneed members of the foreign policy establishment for literally decades. Okay, so then we get to the final pitch for Joe Biden. So yesterday we had the Joe Biden's going to help the economy pitch a little bit. And then we had the Joe Biden is not Donald Trump pitch, which is like, okay, fine, that's a pitch. And then we get to the real pitch for Joe Biden, which is he's a nice man. Right. That's that's the actual pitch for Joe Biden. And this is the part of the Joe Biden resume that they're trying to em- that they're trying to emphasize the most, right? Because Donald Trump is orange man bad and he's mean and he tweets weird things and he's a mean old orange man who's fat and all of that, right? So Joe Biden, however, by contrast, is a nice old doddering fool. He's a nice old dodder. That's the case for him. That's the entire case for him. And you saw this over and over. The most effective moments of the DNC last night and even the night before, and I'm sure tonight, are gonna be all the parts where people say that Joe Biden is a nice guy. And by, by all accounts, he is kind of a nice guy, right? I mean, like, I've talked to Senator Ted Cruz on the right. Megan McCain says that Joe Biden was very, it was, it was very nice to her when her father passed away. And that people who know Joe Biden seem to like Joe Biden. Now, he is kind of an idiot who runs on at the mouth politically, but in terms of just being like a personable guy, apparently he's a very personable guy, gets along with a lot of people in the Senate. And that's basically the pitch. The pitch is, do you want a nice guy at this point? Now, when the economy was going gangbusters, then no one cared whether you had a nice president or not, which is why... Back in March, it looked like Trump was going to be elected pretty easily. Now, because the economy is bad, people are like, it would be nice to have a nice guy or someone who cares. Now, listen, this is not my brand of politics. I I don't care whether politicians care about me because I don't deal with them. I don't think politicians should have to care about me on an empathetic level. I think they should create policies that get out of my way and allow me to live my life in freedom. I don't care whether my plumber cares about me. I don't care whether my roofing guy cares about me. All I want from him is to do a good job. It matters not to me whether he goes home and thinks about me day in and day out or whether he cries with me when something bad happens in my family, because that's literally not his job. I have family for that. I have a community for that. I have religious leaders for that. I have, I have plenty of people in my life. I don't need to fill my life with politicians who, quote unquote, care about me. I've always thought this is the dumbest part of American politics. It really is a, a newfangled growth of the modern communications age. It started probably with FDR. Before that, presidents were not expected to be Captain caring. That was just not their bag. But now, of course, for the last hundred years, since the era of mass communications, the warmth of the president has meant an awful lot. And that's the part where Biden has an advantage over Trump, because, again, people tend to look at Biden and think he's a nice guy. So the most effective parts of the DNC last night were all about this. He had a security guard. She was a security guard at The New York Times, and she was in an elevator with Biden. And she said, I love you. And Joe was like, I love you back. And so she actually did the formal nomination of Joe Biden last night. And it was it was really kind of sweet. Right. It was kind of nice.
1: I take powerful people up on my elevator all the time. When they get off, they go to their important meetings. Me, I just head back to the lobby. But in the short time I spent with Joe Biden, I could tell he really saw me, that he actually cared, that my life meant something to him. Nominating someone like that to be in the White House is a good place to start. That's why I nominate my friend, Joe Biden, as the next president of the United States.
0: Okay, so it's nice and also a little bit condescending. (laughs) And when I say condescending, I just mean that the DNC is plucking from obscurity, sort of, let me introduce you to random blue collar worker who met Joe Biden once in an elevator for 30 seconds, but knows down to his soul what Joe Biden is like as a human being. Now, as a politician, Joe Biden is a vicious knife fighter. As a politician, Joe Biden is the guy who called Mitt Romney basically a re-enslaver of black Americans. as a politician, Joe Biden is viciously partisan. As a politician, Joe Biden is willing to cut corners, He's been willing to do that for years. But as an individual interacting with people, apparently he is pretty nice. So I guess that's nice. But that is the real pitch. And when and if the pitch for Biden is nice, then sort of his awkward moments become sort of charming grandpa moments instead of worrisome. Oh, my God, what's he going to say now moments? Right? This has always been the balance for Joe Biden being barely alive, is that on the one hand, you want your president to be alive enough not to constantly be falling off of ramps and such. Right? And that's a reference to Bob Dole in 96, right? In 96, Bob Dole kind of fell off the stage and he was considered too old. He was 72 at the time, right? Joe Biden is 1,000 years old. So you, you want the balance between being worried that the guy can't handle the job and also the, I'm comfortable with him. He's the nice old grandpa I'd let babysit my kids kind of feel, right? Biden is much warmer than Hillary Clinton, which is one of the reasons he's doing better in the polls. We're gonna have Hillary Clinton tonight and you'll you'll get to see why Hillary Clinton was not made president of the United States. Uh, so, There were a lot of moments last night where Biden was awkward, but it was more charming than it was kind of off-putting. So here was Biden learning he got the nomination, and it was real awkward and weird. But again, he's sort of charming grandpa, and at least that's the way the media is portraying him. He he really looks mostly like grandpa who's been surprised with a birthday cake by the grandchild. Doesn't really know kind of what's going on, but it's real cute, and he's going to take photos with the kiddies. in a little school library and and then you have weird Zoom clapping for for Joe Biden from all the delegates. It's all very, all very odd. And Joe Biden kind of wide eyed. I mean, he's giving the same look that my grandmother gives us when we give her a surprise party, which is I don't know what's going on, but I know I'm supposed to be happy right now. A lot of that from Joe Biden. But looking sort of this was played as more charming than a little frightening that, that Joe isn't completely aware of his surroundings. Again, then Cindy McCain came forth and Cindy McCain talked about how Joe was always a wonderful guy with John. And again, this is the pitch. The pitch is that Joe is a nice person.
1: Even if a deal seemed out of reach, it was always Joe who tried to cross the aisle. For three decades, Joe was able to move his colleagues and find a way forward on violence against women, banning chemical
0: weapons, assault weapons, and controlling nuclear arms
1: was a style of legislating and leadership that you don't find much anymore.
0: Okay, now, by the way, that is exactly the style of leadership the Democrats no longer embrace. So It's kind of funny to pitch that. Again, they're pitching Joe Biden from 40 years ago when he was making criminal justice bills, not the Joe Biden of today who's being pushed around in a wheelchair by by Nancy Pelosi and Bernie Sanders and AOC. Okay, then there was the best pitch. Again, the best pitch is the personal pitch for Joe Biden. Joe Biden was great last night. Okay, she was flat out good. Okay, so Joe Biden was making the only case that you can make for Joe, which is that he's a nice guy. You can't make the case that he's alive because he barely is. You cannot make the case that he is competent because he really is not. And when other people make the case for Joe Biden, it's always slightly awkward. Like basically, Michelle Obama's case for Joe Biden is I should be the nominee, but Joe Biden is the dead guy over there and he's the one you nominated. So really do him instead of Trump, please. Right? That that was really the pitch. And then the pitch from Kamala Harris tonight presumably will be, well, you know, if Joe dies, I'll be here. So let's do that. Let's Let's do that. Joe Biden is the only one who can make an authentic case on behalf of Joe because she's been married to that guy for 30 years and been listening to his diarrhea of the mouth for the last three decades. So she does, in fact, like him. So having somebody who likes Joe Biden talking about how he's likable makes some sense. I I thought Joe Biden came off as very authentic. I thought that she came off uh, as as very nice. So she talked about Joe Biden and personal tragedy, which is the most affecting part of his story. This is a person who lost children in a car crash early on. In his, uh, in his life. And then, obviously, he just lost his son to brain cancer. I mean, these are serious personal tragedies and that does humanize people. Humanizing Joe Biden has always been an easier task than humanizing Hillary Clinton, who's a velociraptor of a human being. So, Joe Biden did what I thought was a, a very good job. Uh, she seems like a, a nice lady. Uh, I mean, really, like, uh, she does. Uh, and here, here was Joe Biden being a nice lady, talking about her nice husband. As someone put it last night, they're the kooky couple, uh, the kooky couple from next door on the sitcom where you might wander into their apartment by accident and uh, they're elderly people making weird kinds of love. It was really, they have that vibe to them from the, from the 1970s Threes Company era. Here was Joe Biden talking about the wonders of Joe.
1: Four days after Bo's funeral, I watched Joe shave and put on his suit. I saw him steal himself in the mirror, take a breath, put his shoulders back, and walk out into a world empty of our son. He went back to work. That's just who he is.
0: Okay, so so all of this stuff was very good for him, right? Because again, the case for Joe is he's a nice old guy and he won't he'll leave you alone. Right? Again, this is part of the tacit promise that the chaos stops if Joe is elected president. So there is a, a soft blackmail underneath the entire Democratic pitch. But again, the key for Joe Biden is turning him into a human. Anytime you talk about any other aspect of Joe Biden, it's a bad Thing for him. You talk about his policies, it's bad. You talk about his party, it's bad. You talk about his VP, it's bad. The only thing that Democrats want to focus in on is empathy and Joe Biden and he's captain feelings and all the rest of this. That's why the, the part of Joe Biden's speech I thought that fell a little flat is when she talked about how the schools are all closed because of COVID. And I was just thinking to myself, they don't have to be. I mean, really, they don't have to be. It is Democratic politicians who are saying that we can't open up schools again, even though children are not dying of COVID. They are not dying of COVID. The numbers demonstrate that they are not transmitting COVID in large numbers. But Joe Biden blames Trump for the schools not being open, even though it is mainly blue states that are keeping the schools closed. Right, Florida is opening up the schools. California ain't. In fact, California is suing to stop private schools from opening. Right, here, here is Joe Biden, though, pretending that it's Trump's fault the schools aren't opening.
1: This quiet is heavy. You can hear the anxiety that echoes down empty hallways. There's no scent of new notebooks or freshly waxed floors. The rooms are dark as the bright young faces that should fill them are now confined to boxes on a computer screen.
0: OK, so this is a um, this is a weird kind of off putting pitch from Joe Biden. But all the stuff about her husband was not quite as off putting. And then, of course, Joe Biden blew the ending right? again. This was giving daughter and grandpa his, his birthday present and his birthday present is a subscription to the AARP news magazine. Here was here. Here is Joe Biden blowing the ending. He comes in at the very end and he mush mouths it and and. He, like people thought he said, I'm Joe Biden's husband. He says, I'm Jill Biden's husband, but he can't articulate. And so I don't know if it's the dentures or what he, he, literally, I mean, he just completely blows this and looks all odd and weird. And, and he's just walking into classrooms now. And it was, it was very strange.
2: Hey everyone. I'm Joe Biden's husband. <clears throat> As you heard tonight, <clears throat> excuse me. You can see why she's the love of my life and the rock of our family. She never gives herself much credit But the truth is, she's the strongest person I know. Just think of your favorite educator who gave you the confidence to believe in yourself. That's the kind of first lady, 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 this Jill Biden will be.
0: What's going on? Lady, 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 lady. Okay, so the record got stuck and then they had to kind of, you know, hit the record machine and get the thing to stop skipping and scratching. Uh, So, again, that's the pitch. The pitch is, Joe Biden is a person who is alive and is nice, according to his wife. If that's your pitch, go for it. I mean, really, that's, it is a pitch. I, I suppose if that's what you're looking for, then uh, that is what you will get. All righty, we'll be back here later today with two additional hours of content. And of course, we'll be back here tomorrow to recap night three of the Democratic National Convention, when we expect to hear from the wondrous presidentess of the United States, Hillary Clinton, still wandering the woods of Chappaqua in complete bewilderment that she's not, in fact, president, and a person Nearly as charmless as Hillary Clinton, Kamala Harris, she of the Joker guffaw and the prosecution of small children, they can expect all sorts of good times tonight. So stick around for more show later today, and then we'll be here tomorrow. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Moles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Colton Haas, Executive Producer Jeremy Boring, Supervising Producer Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling, Assistant Director Pavel Wydowski, Technical Producer Austin Stevens, Playback and Media Operated by Nick Sheehan, Associate Producer Katie Swinnerton, Edited by Adam Sajovitz, Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Nika Geneva. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020.
1: Killer Cuomo writes a book on lockdown leadership. Bill Clinton talks about bucking in the Oval Office. And fake Republicans endorse Biden at the DNC. Check it out at the Michael Knowles Show. We'll
0: get to more on this in just one second. First,